Microphone check. One, two, one, two. I don't know. That doesn't seem very loud. What the fuck, Spencer? I don't I don't know, man. You're the one with the... Yours is good. Yeah. Why is mine not good? Ah! <laughs> what the hell's happening here? I said, I can kind of hear you. You have yeah, like the knobs aren't working. <laughs> the bars aren't reading so high. <laughs> oh. I like how technical that was. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you should be on a podcast about how to do podcasts. You just make, gotta make sure your livers are right and your readings are good. Look, <laughs> hey, which is way better than anything I would have got for not knowing anything about podcasting when we started. I think we've come a long way. Yeah. Like we got a mixer with knobs. Yeah, a lot of them. So I need to make a confession. Okay. After editing the last two podcasts we've done, I think we might be perverts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems kind of like bad. Like maybe. We're on borderline sexual deviants. We're like, before you start acting. Like, remember Ted Bundy? He, at one time, like, he didn't oh, act on his urges, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what happens in your life that just, you get that snap and now all of a sudden you're doing awful, awful things. I feel like we're one snap away from being deviants. We're, we're, we're one snap away from being clockwork orange hooligans. <laughs> I mean, you'd be worse things, I guess. I don't know. It came there. <laughs> Is there worse things than being like a Ted Bundy? I don't think so. I mean, maybe not Ted Bundy, but it was just... Clockwork Orange guys. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. When's the last time you watched that movie? It's been a while. When's the last time you read that book? That book I was... never read. I never got around to reading it. It was fucking trippy. He uh, what's his name? Anthony Burgess. He created a his own language for like slang language. Yeah, that's crazy. Whenever people do that kind of that that stuff. Like, that's a lot of fucking effort. Well, didn't they do that and didn't do, do that for Game of Thrones, too? Yeah, George R. R. Martin. I never yeah. read the Game of Thrones. Me neither, but, like, they speak it in the show, and it sounds like... Not made up, but it doesn't sound like an actual... Yeah, right. It's fucking some kind of language or other. Game of Thrones is coming back. Everybody's excited. They are. They are. I'm gonna start watching every episode from the first season... No, Starting not. right now. No, you're not. <laughs> no. No, you're not. I'll watch it in like 2029. <laughs> and you're like, that was good. I still haven't watched The Wire. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? There's just too much TV. The Wire, though. What do you want me to do, man? Watch The Wire is <laughs> what I want you to do. Four or five? But they're like HBO, so they're only like eight or ten episodes. and no, That's not too bad. Well, the guy at work was telling me that Game of Thrones was like 13 episodes a season or something. No, this last season's only like eight. Wow, that's not bad. But they're like an hour and a half, though. Oh, fuck. That's like 130 hours. Yeah. Ugh, I don't got, it. I don't got time for that. I guess I heard something <coughs> that one scene, this one fight scene, took like almost a month to film. Was it the mountain, zombie mountain? I have no idea. I don't want to give spoilers away because I haven't even seen the show, so... Why are my fucking vocal levels so low? What the hell's happening? What? Whoa, wait a minute. Sounds louder when I speak over here. Maybe my microphone's not lined up. Say something loudly into the microphone. Things loudly! Oh, God! (laughs) No, yours is good. (laughs) Porcupine pussy is prickly and... (laughs) 
No, you know, you know what we need to start doing for mic checks. We just, you just need to start printing out um, what's his, twisters. No, what's his face's um, uh, letters to his to his girlfriend, <laughs> James Joyce. Yeah, just print out a lot of those, and we'll read those for mic checks at the beginning of every episode. A farting woman is a good woman. <laughs> That'd be a good mic check. Why? What is happening? Are you like? Are you plugged in all the way? Or are you? All of this should stay in, by the way. Usually does. What about like the back of the the, Did the you mic? Listen to the last two episodes; they mm. were terrible. <laughs> no, like, I, just the stuff I left in. I was just no, I was there for it. So it makes the editing faster. Oh, I'd imagine. Jesus, why is yours so loud? It's like you got all the loudness, and I hold on. I'm gonna do a uh, playback, so we're gonna. That's the cold open. <laughs> Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I am your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, is Spencer, the Tasmanian Terror Church. <laughs> hello, hello. That name would have been a lot worse, but yeah. I don't want to insult anybody. Well, right when I was saying it, I came up with a really good one, and I already forgot it. My <laughs> brain short circuits all the time. You, you need to just have like a Google file of just names. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Today's episode is kind of a surprise to me yeah. because I thought it was going to be at the beginning of May, but we are going to do our review of the book of the month. Yeah. That which was, I read in like a week. Yeah, we did that happened a lot quicker. I think that's a sign of a good book, though, that we finished it so fast. Yeah. So, congratulations. The book, by the way, is Hair of the Dog by Matt Holland. This is book one of, I keep fucking this up, The Goliaths? Goliath? I think that's uh, I think that's right. Let me look on my old. I got too many fucking instruments in my hands. I got a Kindle. I got my phone. I got a laptop. I got a dildo. <laughs> that's the one problem with these. You have to fucking shut it and open it to get it to light up. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't know who invented this. Probably Jeff Bezos. <laughs> oh no, nah, I got my notes. I can't even look at it. I like candy. How much buttocks can? No. <laughs> Yeah. Trying to not be perverted this episode. We're trying to review uh, an author's book. We should be professional. Yeah, poor guy. Well, judging by some of the things he had uh, in his book, I think he would kind of like it. Yeah. He seems like he'd be all right with uh, our breed of humor here. The Goliath. Oh, why? Why did I click it? Why did I hit the button? <laughs> Hair of the Dog, Part 1. The Goliath Book 1. So, and this, I thought it was a book of three, but I think he has another one coming out. Book 4, maybe? I'm invested in the series now, folks. That's all you need to know. Also, before we even start this, how many whiskey shots would you get this book out of five? One out of five. I would give it, if we could do half, so I'd do like three and a half, four. See, I gave it a solid four. My main critique of this book, before we go into what we like about it, we might as well just shit on it because yeah. that's what we're good at. Uh, there's not really much to shit on, actually. I noticed there... I won't say an overabundance, but they're definitely in certain sections where too many typos for my liking and not necessarily like any kind of misspellings or anything like that. Just missing words a lot. Yeah. Or misplaced words. Well, or... Yeah. Mispla- every once in a while, maybe a word that you could tell, like he wrote a word, 
and then he decided on another word, but he kept the old word on accident. Um, I think Mr. Holland would have definitely had a very quality book on his hands if he hired an editor to just do a yeah. one pass. Yeah, another like, just a... Yeah, just a quick spelling and grammar pass. But the uh, writing was excellent. Yeah, story <clears throat> was solid. The story was... I thought the story was very good. The first three chapters or so getting into it, because I don't like magic stories generally, so I didn't think I was going to like it, so I kind of went in with a shitty attitude to begin with, because we ended up just selecting the book out of a hat out of uh, our five picks. And not only was I very pleasantly surprised by this book, but I found myself, like I said earlier, wanting to read the rest of them. Yeah. I, I kind of have to know where the story goes now. But the first three chapters, just getting into it, I was a little wary because I saw some typos and I was getting into it and I was going, hmm, where's this going to go with the magic? But then once I got the story structure down, how he does the alternating character views. Yeah. So he tells the story from, all, you know, every other chapter. Or it actually, it was in the chapters. Sometimes like, he would switch. He would do breaks, and then he would go from yeah. one, one main character's view to another main character's view of what they're going through. It almost reminded me of like a the last Grand Theft Auto game, where you could switch between the characters uh-huh. and see what's happening in their lives at the time. It was like that. And I thought that was really cool, and he did a very good job of it. Yeah, because at, um, at times he is doing the same scene, but you'll get it from one person's perspective... And then something will happen, and then you'll get that same scene mm-hmm. from the other character's perspective. And that can be tricky, but yeah, like you said, I think he did a good job of making that work. Especially since he, like you said, he would tell the same part of a story from two different characters' views. So, for instance, near the end, they all meet up in like a desert bar. Yeah. Which I'm going to give the synopsis for, the, you know, for people listening in a second here. But they end up in a desert bar... It shows, like, the main protagonist, what's happening, and then it shows, like, the second protagonist that he has. He introduces a little after the first one in the book, and it shows his view of the same situation, but the way he writes it, it's as if, uh, it's like you were that guy. You don't know what's going on. So, like, the people in the bar, you already know those characters because he established them in the previous part, but since you're viewing it through the new, you know, protagonist's eyes, it's like you don't know him anymore. Yeah. So, like, you might describe a big guy at the bar or something. Well, when the new guy, co- you know, the other protagonist comes in, he's going over again. It's like, oh, what the fuck? That's a big guy or something like that. But anyway, let me fucking, since we have no plan for how we do these things. Hey, it's the first one. That's no excuse, Spencer. We're professionals. We are? No. Oh, okay. Good. I'm going to say, the fact that people listen to our podcast surprises me. It does a little bit. Because like, we actually have, like, a steady stream of listeners that listen to all the episodes it seems which i thought was kind of strange because i thought we'd get like smatterings or people just listen to episodes they sound think sound interesting but we actually kind of have like a steady kind of like the website we have like a steady stream of followers who check out everything we do well i mean i guess that that does make sense since we do have the numbers on our website have been pretty steady so as long as those people know that we are putting out yeah they're probably thing, checking it out too that does make sense that that might that there's some of them that will check it out well it's very much appreciated from oh it definitely of. is anyway the synopsis or description of this book magic has cured every disease wiped out hunger and made most fuel obsolete which is pretty cool this oh the only problem it hasn't solved is or Fucking ball sack licking taint nuggets. The only problem it hasn't solved is war, but there's no profit in peace, is there? Layla Redford is a mercenary for hire. She's good at it too. Way better value for money than her competitors, 
Her latest contract, track down and put the boot to a group of kidnappers who've been dragging innocent people off to the desert. And I got a sex trafficking vibe here. I think he kind of mentions that, doesn't yeah. he? Like, that's what the kidnappers do. They, like, get unsuspecting girls and they pretty much, you know, put them into sex trafficking and things like that. And well, I think they, they, say, they, say, they say slaves, but, but you'd you think. What are, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, the creepy guy you introduced, the Ripper at the end. Yeah. Like, he, come on. That's so creepy. Yeah. A good job and a rare chance to do some good, but Layla's only lead is disgraced military sergeant Dominic Arzuin, and she's not the only one on his trade on his trail. Dominic is wanted for murder with a half million bounty on his head. Cash like that is drawing all the scum out of the desert. Cannibals, bounty hunters, slavers, a guy who dresses like a snake. Layla has to outsmart, outgun, and outfight them all if she wants to finish her job and free dozens of innocent people. And get paid, obviously. Yeah, need to make that money. What I also liked is the guy that Dominic kills, or supposedly kills, is a celebrity. Like a soap opera celebrity. So he was kind of a beloved figure. That's why all these people were really after him. Who makes sense that he might kill, like, oh, how, how, like... Well, it's not really a spoiler. The guy, uh, I guess, stole his girlfriend? Yeah, or, like, I think his girlfriend, like, I think dated him before, then went to Dominic, and then went back, I think. Well, just to give, like, a little character introduction, Layla Redford, she's, like, the badass of the whole story. She's, um... A comic book loving, booze loving. So this is like right up our alley too. Yeah. Like I, I felt like this story actually did fit perfect with DPW because yeah. just a lot of bourbon, comics, and music. Like that's that's her yeah, thing. She, she liked drawing. She liked yeah. snacks. So it was. We kind of compared this character to a really badass, imposing version of Jazz from um, Artemis. Yeah. Yeah, we both independently yeah. had yeah, Andy, had that thought. Andy Weir's Artemis, um, whereas the girl in Artemis, she's really smart, but she's like kind of petite and small, and she's not physically imposing. Well, Layla Redford is like really, you know, she's intelligent, but she's really big. Yeah, she's, she's, she's like she's, six foot. Yeah, she's tall. Fucks and everybody up. Walks around with a sword. So she's she's definitely a badass. A little. Um, uh, what what uh, what you call it? The pea cannon that shoots like darts and stuff. Yeah, she has a pea cannon. She invented, right? That's what it said. Something she, like that. She yeah. created it because she was in a biker gang. Yeah, but Layla I found was a very enjoyable character because she was very sarcastic. She even has a quip book. Yeah. Where she writes out, or you know, she whenever she comes up with a quip because she spends a lot of time in the desert by herself. Yeah, because it's her and Nate who is like a grizzled ass old military guy kind of like cable you said yeah yeah i got very cable vibes yeah because he uh got tortured in war and he like, lost an eye and half his body or something so he's like, like half bionic yeah like his uh i think his left his left arm and his, his left leg. leg are prosthetics because like the people that are going up against it, they caught like they caught you they would they would take your hand and they literally cut it off like an inch at a time yeah they're taking to get like to it get was a very this whole book is pretty brutal like the torture scenes weren't too detailed, but they definitely were like ooh. And they melt. They before that they melt your eye. That's why his he had he had an eye patch is because they melted his melted eye. it with a blowtorch. Yeah, I really like the dynamic between Nate, the grizzled old war vet, and Layla, who's just like a young mercenary for hire, and she's real snarky. And he doesn't like her anyway because there's all these there's I think three main different cities, and uh, I forget like he's from Izmir or something like that. And uh, 
well, whatever they're from, the, like he's from like the more I'm trying to think like a Ru- Soviet Russia type of city or something. It seems like. that way, yeah. And she was from more of like a Western free society type city, but she's like has an accent. He hates. He uh, doesn't like that she always makes fun of him for being old and all her quit. He just doesn't like anything about her. But but you can tell though by like the end of the story that they both kind of care for each, for each other. Yeah. yeah, like they 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 hate just- they hate each other. They she will make fun of him, she, like he'll be a smart ass to her. But like you know, like if they can, neither one of them's gonna let anything happen to the other person, or you know, like that kind they of. They have shit. each other's backs. Is he does a very Matt Holland does a very good job of writing them because they have each other's backs, but at the same time, you could always feel like they would just like beat the shit out of one mm. another or something. Yeah, because uh, Nate's kind of controlling. He wants his idea. Like he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't really respect Layla, or maybe because she's young. Well, you too, he's like an older, older guy, been through, obviously been through some shit. Like he's more polite. Like she, it's like exact opposite. She's rambunctious and wild. He's polite and, but he's real brutal though. Like he, when they introduce him, or at the beginning, like they're torturing a guy they caught. Or they're trying to get information from him. He just snaps the guy's finger like... Yeah, I think he pulls it off, right? Yeah, because they have that... prosthetic uh, or something? Uh, I forget the name of it, but they have... With the magic, they have this thing that they can give you that can pretty much kill you no matter what, as long as you get it quick enough. Yeah, the magic in the story, it doesn't... At least far as, as far as this first book, it says it was introduced like 300 years ago. They found ma- like magic existed, but they didn't... Or he didn't really go into exactly how it works too much. Yeah, what like kind it, of magic like, it is? Is that three hundred years in our time? Is that three hundred years in the future from now? Well, like, is that like we were saying when we were off air? I wasn't quite sure if this actually took place on Earth or like a futuristic Earth, or if this is just another planet. I was saying like um, I would have just preferred somehow, and they, they, this might they might touch on it later, but. My main complaint was not diving in and trying to explain the magic a little bit more or, like, showing, like, kind of how it works. Even just as we were talking, I was kind of thinking, like, the same thing with, like, the, the like, the all the different armies and the missionaries and stuff like mm. that, like, uh, or mercenaries, you know, just, like, how, like, those different kind of groups and branches, like, kind of, or, like, why they're after each other, like, you yeah. know, like, that kind of stuff. Again, with it being a series, I'm sure he explains it later on. There was a lot going on in this first book, and it's only like 200-something pages. So, I mean, obviously, there's only so much you can fit. I think he did an excellent job of going over the characters' backstories, because he introduced a lot of characters. Oh, yeah, like the characters themselves, it's more of just like coming to the ward building kind yeah. of aspect of it is 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 what I was talking about. Well, like at the beginning, you get... Layla Redford and Nate, <clears throat> like, they're uh, on post in the desert because, like we said, the trafficking they're trying to stop. Because, like, you don't know, I don't think, well, maybe, I fucking, did he explain at the very beginning that they're under, like, a contract to do this? I think he did. Yeah, like, um. Yeah, that's why they're out there. They're under contract to, uh, st- I guess, stop or get information about these traffickers and stuff. And, like, in the, later in the story, he goes, he explains all of it. But you get introduced to them. You get introduced to Dominic, and he's like a fucking mentally fractured war vet. And he's not that old, though, I don't think. But he's a war vet. I think like 30, 28, 30, yeah, so something like that. 
But he's a war vet. I think introduces him in a bar. He just got dumped by his girlfriend who left him for the soap opera guy. And he's kind of drinking his sorrows away. And he fell off the wagon because he was sober for six months. But he has to take pills because he has these fucking wild uh, hallucinations. 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 This booze. Get to me already. We haven't even done the shot yet for the the review yet either. God damn. This is terrible. But yeah, he... um, so he has to take pills for hallucinations and ends up getting like a bar fight or some shit because his well, brother. Well, we also get to, yeah, I was gonna say we also, we also get to meet his fucking crazy brother. He, yeah, it's huge, and they were adopted, right? His brother was adopted. Something, yeah. But he was like gigantic. But it, like it explains Dominic's story, and what ends up happening with him is uh, like in the war he didn't actually kill humans, so he got hurt a lot. Like he wouldn't kill humans. There's these uh, is oh, what movie was that? Kind of like Alien, or not Aliens, um, Independence Day, right? It's like a hive mind. Is that how Independence Day worked? I think so. I don't know. Um, that movie with Tom Cruise, it was like that. That uh, one where he kept going back in time. Oh. Um, but the, the yeah, aliens, yeah. the way the, like the aliens in that worked, where it was like a hive mind. They're all controlled by one thing. Well, there's these things in this one. I should have wrote down the fucking names for all these. I'm, I'm terrible at like fantasy names when they create, oh, yeah, it's, remembering yeah. them. Like the names of the cities and stuff, I fucking forget them all. But the these things, they're like, they look, they start off as human, and they get turned into these things with these fucking huge rotted teeth, like the, their mouth full of spiky teeth, and they're rotted, and their breast stinks, and they all kind of think the same. But you can't like really kill them because you shoot them or you can hurt them, and they turn to like ash, but they like regenerate. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's what he killed in the war. Like that's how he wouldn't kill humans. But he got he like, sh- fucked up a lot. Shot a whole bunch of times. Got his like skull cave, skull caved in, in with a shovel or an axe or something. He got fucking chewed on by one of those monster things. Yeah. But hey, at least he got a cool coat coat out out of it. Yeah, he got a cool coat that he never wears. And if you take, you know, the he fucking, always wears it. I mean, yeah, he always wears it. But if he fucking would take it off, he <laughs> wouldn't be he wouldn't be spotted because he has all these bounty hunters and shit after him. After they put a you know like a bounty on his head for. I would assume it's like $500,000 or something. I'm not sure what it would be an American. He, uh, this thing, Matt Holland is British. Yeah. So there was a lot of British slang and like the money, I think, is in pounds and stones and like his weights. And yeah, that, that, that would throw me off every once in a while. I mean, what the fuck does this mean? So, yeah. It's just gobbledygook you're speaking of, but Mr. Other than Holland. That, like the, the slang and stuff like that, I was fine with. It was just sometimes. Yeah, mainly like the weight and things like that. But that also kind of threw me off again because is this book made if it's on? Because I kind of got a a Dune vibe, like it's just another planet. But is it because it would have to be Earth, right? Because they said just three hundred years in the whenever magic was invented or something. And but they all like they all have British accents, or at least most of them. But again, that's Matt Holland's British, so that makes sense. And I never really thought about like the linguistics of an alien race. Well, like. When you're writing, like, say we wrote a book, you know, a fantasy book or something, you know, we're stupid Americans, so we're going to use American, you know, dollar. Like, I I actually come up with this in, like, short stories and stuff where I'm writing and I'm like, should I put feet or should I fucking see what meters are? Because Americans are the only ones that use, like, feet and inches because we're stupid. (laughs) I kind of feel like it should, you should focus on everybody, you know, all the other countries in the world that don't use the stupid standard system, use the goddamn metric system. So there's like little things like that just because he's British and stuff and I don't know exactly if this is like just the future of England or 
I don't know. Well, then, it's always weird, too, because depending on how people do that, like, to anybody who watched uh, Krypton, the show on sci-fi, it's, like, the few, it's, like, the story of Superman's, like, grandfather. Right. And everybody on Krypton has a British accent. That doesn't seem right. It, it, it threw me. It really threw me when I first started watching it. And, like, I kind of get it because, like, they have different societies. Like, they have a real upper-class society. And then, like, all oh, the peasants underneath, like, that just, like, lives in, like, holes in the walls and stuff like that. So, like, that kind of makes sense. But it was still just was just, like, why would Krypton... Like, because then Superman should have a British accent. Well, well, I mean, he, he would. Well, no, because he was a baby when he. Yeah, came. but still, I don't know. He would oh, actually who have a Kansas what, accent. Well, who knows how Kryptonians, like you know. You're being foolish, Spencer. Uh, he would have a Kansas accent. Don't be a goddamn fool. Would he just like draw out his R's? Like, what let are y'all me, doing over there, guys? Let me say guys? something about butt sex. No. Okay. Here's what I really enjoy, butt sex. <laughs> Here's what I really enjoy in my fiction, especially uh, like sci-fi and stuff, like The Expanse. They created their own accents. Yeah. Their characters uh, that live in space, like on the, uh, what fucking belt is it? Uh, the ring? The... Fucking. I mean, because I've seen that much and I've watched the yeah. first season. I, yeah, I I know what you're talking about, but. Yeah, but they, they're space miners pretty much. So they But they live in space in these colonies. They have their own accents. It's like their own slang, their own weird way of speaking. And it's really fucking cool. I like what. Uh, novelists kind of do that and he kind of did that with like Layla's character they're everyone from her city kind of had that weird like they said taint instead of ain't or you ain't or you aren't or something like that they always say like taint and uh different things like that but it was almost kind of like a hillbilly accent or something but like so he, he did do that but at the same time he did seem to have a lot of British words in there like I saw a lot of mates and uh blokes yeah a lot of bloody hells and what the fuck there's one word he kept saying that was killing me something about balls or something i think or maybe that was hemingway i was reading this talking about ball uh, yeah it was i was reading about uh, i was reading a hemingway short story yesterday he kept talking about bloody balls and i don't know if he's talking about bloody balls or he's in italy the character was in italy so maybe that's like a, a saying over there something about bloody balls maybe that's like bloody hell to them uh, i don't know seems okay. peculiar to me Anyway, we meet Dominic Azeron. I think that's his name. We meet him in a bar, and then you go over his backstory. He meets his brother, and he drinks peppermint and rum. Peppermint cordials and rum. And I actually kind of wanted one after reading them, because he kept drinking them. It sounded delightful. But there was a... Hold on. There was a good excerpt from that I enjoyed. Because you said... If you want to go into this right now, one of your problems you mentioned earlier, like off-air, was... You felt like he didn't necessarily go into a lot of details with things. A little bit, yeah. But that could also just be the kind of writing that I'm used to reading. Right. I felt like certain things were ham, like certain metaphors were ham fisted. Because there's a lot of humor in here. Some of it fell short. Well, no, I think some of it was also meant to fall short. Well, like dialogue wise. (laughs) But I'm talking about like just in the actual exposition. Like some of it seemed to fall short. Just like some of the things, you know, like she was higher than a kite, like this cliche type of thing like that. Um, I felt like some of those fell short, but then some of them were really funny. For instance, uh, what was the nun one I said earlier? Oh, some... The woman was drier than nun porn. 
Although I like the little stutter you did even more. That was dialogue. Mm. See, but I like the the woman on the chair, the yeah. nun porn. But I can see that maybe that could turn some readers off. They might think that's ham-fisted. But we're lowbrow here. Yeah. So that's right up our alley. I love it. Mm. We want that, that brow so low that it's almost a mustache. Right. Well, here's like when he was in the bar drinking. I really like this excerpt. It didn't make sense to start swimming in the shallow end on his first night back in the pool. He wanted to drown in it. He wanted the booze to drink him up in one great swallow and never spit him out. He wanted the bittersweet oblivion at the bottom of the bottle. So I really like that because he just fell off the wagon. And that's like a good way to describe somebody who necessarily doesn't want to start drinking, but you know, you can't stop thinking about drinking. And he's like, well, I don't just want to taste. I just want to get fucking drunk. I want to get stupid. And for like the rest of the book, he's hung over. Yeah, he is. That that's why the title "Hair of the Dog." Yeah. I was wondering why it was called "Hair of the Dog," and then you finally hear somebody yeah. say it back. In. Yeah, it's because he's fucking so hungover that his fucking mouth is dry, his body's all fucked up, he's caked in piss <laughs> in the desert, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I gotta go to a bar, get a drink, get that you know little hair of the dog <laughs> to fix his hangover." I fucking love that. Yeah, so we went from like it starts off like Layla Redford and them in the desert, and then you know we get Dominic's backstory. And then we kind of go back, because it goes back and forth. So, and then they also split off on other characters too, doesn't he? Yeah. Like other times you'll get some other characters too. But um, he ends up getting like fucking kidnapped and go. And he wakes up in the desert on like this, uh, they call it the turtle, I believe. It's like some kind of fucking Land Rover thing. Yeah, like think like, I kind of almost vision like almost like the Tumblr from, from uh, Batman, but more like plated out style. But, uh, yeah, because Layla ends up semi-rescuing him, and then he ends up running off. Yeah. And then she encounters, um, oh, what's that dude's name? The, um, like, is it Ted or Tom? Oh, you're talking about the green-haired dude? Yeah. Uh, he wears a fucking snakeskin suit. I feel bad. I'm so I apologize to you, Matt Holland, if you're listening to this yeah. podcast because you know doing some drinking and we're just shitty doing <laughs> reviews here. <laughs> well, it's, after so many novels and, and reading so many things, it's hard to keep characters' names straight and stuff. After well, I, literally, when I finished this book, I started another one. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, man, I wish this had, my the Kindle version has had an X-ray feature so I could see the character list. Let me look. Maybe it does. I don't, I don't think it does. But so anyways, after um. Whenever Layla rescues him, there Dom, Dominic, um, one of those creatures that Caleb was describing earlier that um, send off like these sand dust creatures. Uh, Layla has to fight him, and then she ends up killing the main one, which stops him. And then yeah, but even that one regenerates after like it's just like a day or something it yeah. takes for it. And then when it regenerates, they all do. But uh, she, like she kind of rescued Dominic, but she didn't even know Dominic was there. No. He just kind of ran off into the fucking desert, yeah. which that was a little weird because he just ran off in the desert. And then like it goes later on, like the next day or days later. It doesn't really explain when they find like the other oh. guys find him. So that was a little strange. There was a few things like that where he kind of left things off. Like at the end of the bar scene where the big guy goes in after Nate in the bathroom to try to interrogate him. He yeah, comes he, out all like... It didn't, he, they he, never explained... Yeah, they never jumped to what did Nate do to the guy in the bathroom. Yeah, it made him all jumpy and fucking like... Get, he, I, I kind of assumed he got gay with him or yeah, something. Yeah, because Nate seemed to have like... He came back and he's like, I'm all right. Yeah, because that guy was like, we, we got to go. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Was there a glory hole or something? Yeah, I felt like there was a situation there that he was going to write and he just didn't. 
or he cut. So there was a few moments like that, not too many, not enough to throw you out of the story, but I definitely that was the main one. I was like, "What the fuck happened to that guy in the yeah, bathroom?" Because it seems like everything else that like how he was telling, like you would eventually get to know what that was. Yeah, I wish I could remember that fucking snake suit guy's name because he had green spiky hair. He was trying to be like a lizard looking dude yeah. or something. He didn't, he had this thing where he put his goggles on and he like it, like paralyzed you, like hypnotized her or something like yeah, he that. Paralyzed or hypnotized or. Anesthetized? I don't know. It did something with lobotomized. It uh, and, and he he even said he could have killed her when she when he did that to Layla because he like kind of paralyzed her and she was stuck there for hours. Yeah, like, six like, hours. Like, yeah, yeah, something crazy. So he could have killed her, but I guess he was still scared of her or something. Like he kind of explained that was a little. Mm, I think he would have just killed her. Yeah, unless he's a real weenie. But that that guy was like a slave trader, and uh, but Dominic gets away. And I guess that guy was hired to capture Dominic, I believe. Yeah, because I think... It's all like a big conspiracy that loops into like the people who hired Layla and the people who were after Dominic. Yeah, because the people who hired Layla and Nate is the father... Of the people, people who... yeah. I don't want to give too much yeah. away because that was kind of a... Yeah, but he did a good job of connecting all, all that, that together. Well, that stuff kind of got a little confusing because I didn't realize... Unless if he wasn't supposed to, but I didn't realize there until like the almost you know until the end there that they were related. Like, I don't you know? think he said they were related till the end. That's okay. So yeah. maybe that's just something I just didn't no, know. No, because uh, which actually you know what makes sense because you remember because I felt well, that, well it came out the dad was like gay. Yeah, this out context. You're not gonna get this, people. So don't worry about spoilers. But it came out that dad was gay, and at the beginning, Layla, because that's her boss, yeah. she was always kind of busting his balls about being gay, and then she found out he had kids, and mm. was like, oh, I could have sworn he was gay, yeah. but then you find out later it's because he's gay, like his kids hate him or yeah. something. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. They don't really get it. That's, that's, what, that's another thing that a little criticism is that I feel like there are some things that are done and like that are in this book that I feel like I should know why for some reason. See, it's hard to say things, though, when in regards to a series, because yeah, you never know what might come on later. That's true. Again, that, like, the way this is written, I immediately, like, well, fuck, now I gotta read the second book. It was almost like, even if you didn't like the story, you kind of want to read the second book, because you want to see what happens with the characters. Yeah. He does a very good job of that. Um, the fight scenes in this book were awesome. I really enjoyed the fight scenes. Like, here's an excerpt from, uh, what, what fight was this from? Razor Bitch. I like that word. Adrenaline crashed through her like breakers on a shoreline. Her boots glided across the sand like rollerblades. She felt weightless. Her head sang with the sweet music of swordplay and the timeless energy pulsed under her skin, more vivid than any one of the tattoos that decorated it. Slave was very heavily ta- uh, tattooed. but I think that was that scene that, that in, the, in the beginning that I was telling you about. When yeah. Movie that we were talking about when she's fighting the, the creature that can make the duplicates. She fucks a lot of people up in this. <laughs> just going back to the uh, the hair of the dog bit a little bit. Yeah, the, I think the first use of it I saw was uh, Dominic was tother- talking to Catherine, who is his dead friend. Yeah. Who died in the war, but he has these hallucinations. And he talks to Catherine, and then like it slowly will show her face being gross from when she died. But she's... Uh, but then again, I was, I was always thinking with all this magic stuff and stuff like that, you never know. It, it kind of leaves it open to interpretation. I'm not sure. I mean, it could they could bring that back. Maybe it's not because remember the psychic saw the skeleton guy at the end, yeah. Which I thought was really cool because Dominic has this skeleton thing that uh, kind of haunts him if he doesn't take his pills. 
and uh, it's like a hallucination. It just pretty much just shits on him, like just says he's terrible. You know, almost like you should kill yourself. You should do all. It's just the horrible negative side of his uh, brain, I guess. At the at the end, he kind of gets held up by these psychic psychics who want to take him in for the bounty. And the way it, one of the ways he ends up getting kind of turns the tables on him is they start seeing that skeleton thing because they can read his mind. They're like, who the fuck is talking? Well, see, but couldn't, because uh, then Linda, wasn't she able to like get a shot off to try to help save him there at the end? Layla? Then, yeah, Layla. Because I, I, I thought, I might misremember, but then I just thought I remember her saying that she saw some kind of weird creature when she was like aiming up to try to... But like I said, I might have missed... Yeah. Well, this is what um, was kind of bugging me out. Because at the end, remember, when Layla walks into the bar, the psychics can read everybody's mind. Cause they're Except look, they're just look, Yeah, they can, they're looking for a job. They can read Nate's mind. They couldn't read her mind. And that's why that's one of the reasons why the female psychic hated her so much. And then during that fight, it did. It said Layla saw like a scraggy, scraggly-looking dude with like fucking long hair or something. Yeah. She saw his back. And she's like, who the fuck's that guy? So she kind of saw the skeleton too. So I was wondering, is she maybe psychic, doesn't know it? Or maybe or... she has something towards magic or something. Yeah, so that made me think, well, maybe there's more to her character than we already know. So that was really cool. More that meets the eye. Transformer. Just an, another good line about the hang, uh, the uh, hair of the dog. Best hangover cure. Little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you. <laughs> I like that. I, he, he has a lot of little sayings in here I really enjoyed. I wish I would have highlighted more, but sometimes I was drunk while reading this. Which is appropriate. Yeah. I was very happy because the one book we almost picked just because it was about, like, had a lot of drinking involved. But this has more drinking, I feel. Yeah. I, which I didn't know. Cause that's yeah, because both main characters drink. Yeah. Yeah. Layla is a bourbon girl, which is why our shots for this book are going to be in, bur- you know, bourbon. And uh, Dominic, he drinks the cordials, the peppermint and rum cordials. And then who else? Nate doesn't drink. He's a teetotaler. I like yeah. that. He he was disgusted. And there was a great scene when they're in the bar where he's disgusted by Layla eating yeah. and drinking. Like he, just everything she's doing, he's just like, oh, like he's almost gagging. He just and, hates and it. And then she's throwing down wine on top of the bourbon. Yeah, she drinks like a bottle of wine. I thought she was going to get roofied. Did yeah. you think that? Because there's that creepy. He, dude, yeah, well, which that's he, what he wanted to do, I think. Yeah. Well, he introduced that awesome character, the Ripper, who's like this. 50 something year old slick back hair still kind of handsome but like clearly he's older i think he's in i think he's like the head of the smuggling I yeah think. he well he gets the girls because it's uh he's like a seducer and uh he'll get these young girls and he slips them pretty much what it would be a roofie whatever his version of a roofie i think he calls it a ripper or something yeah, or they've been ripped or something yeah. i think but he slips them that and then next thing they know they're in you know the fucking they're slaves they get sold off to sex trafficking or whatever but he does that to, well, I thought he was going to do that to Layla because he's at her table already and her drink is sitting there. Yeah. And then, like, she fucking threatens him and all this shit and he goes away for a little bit. And it talks about how her her whiskey has been watered down because the ice in it. And he's like, oh, it's water. So she, like, just throws it back. And then she ends up, like, going back to the bar and some other shit ensues. But I was like, oh, she definitely just got roofied, right? Yeah. But she didn't. And I'll, I was almost disappointed. He's like, how are they going to play that off? But he didn't. Well, then she almost technically kind of roofies the guy. She almost hit Dominic, yeah. she slips him a... But it wasn't a roofie, it was well, a tracker. But it could have been a roofie. It was, because he was like, this doesn't taste normal. Yeah. But he still drank it. Well, I mean, you've been there. 
They just he, uh, how many times have you taken a spigot? Something was just like mm, yeah, that don't taste I don't right. know, and just throw back some more. Dude, I've eaten some fish. I was like, that don't taste right, and I just kept eating it. No, Matt Holland did an excellent job too. Uh, by the end of this book, of just Dominic being so fucked up, yeah, mentally, physically, like everything about this guy. He's all jumpy. He's at the bar. He's fucking twitching, and he's just all fucking gross, <laughs> and he stinks. Like, oh, I loved God. it. Oh, no, just like other like. Characters just come out of the blue, like the um, the reporter guy. Yeah, the reporter guy. Well, he does a great job at introducing characters and making you like the characters yeah. or hate the characters, depending on the moment. But each character, you immediately, like he describes them in such a way, you immediately, like they're a part of the story. Even the guys that can, uh, like the guys that run into Dominic in the desert, the military guys who um, I think the one's name was Vince. Yeah, Vince. And, and Charlie. Yeah. Um, Vince, who wants to turn Dominic over for the reward so he can get it, because in this world, um... Maybe it's like a forced military. Everybody yeah, has to do a military the kid, service. The, your kids have to... You're forced to have kids or you get fined if you yeah. don't. That's what the psychic's problem was. She didn't have kids and she was like 32 or something. And every year after, I think, 30, it's like that's whatever number he made, fine. So, Vince, he wanted to turn Dominic in, so you should obviously hate him, right? Because he should be a bad guy. He wants to turn in the character you like. But he just wants to get his kid out of military service because his kid's going to be on the front line because that's how it goes. So he wants to... Because you could pay your... Like, it's a really high number. It's like two million, whatever their currency yeah, is. Yeah, it's like something crazy. But you can pay your kid off. So if he... And he saved up. He's worked really hard to get money, sell drugs, uh, which I thought was weird is weed is like the most nefarious drug here. Like you get hanged if you yeah. do, you know sell weed or something in this in this world. But I think like heroin was fine or something. That makes sense. other drugs were fine, that but not makes weed. So much sense. So I don't know if you you know Matt Holland was trying to say something. Yeah, I think he kind of was, which I like. Um, anyway, actually, just to break off real quick, I saw a tweet. Somebody was uh, put up a poll. Some girl, uh, some lady, some writer. She was saying that uh, what the fuck was the poll? Oh, would you ever have a female protagonist as you know your your main character? Would you have a fe- would you write mm-hmm. a female protagonist? And like most people said, yes. Uh, There's a very few in the poll that said no. But I was just thinking, well, fuck, here we go, We're reading one right now. Yeah, it's like well, I don't, I didn't know that was a big deal. Matt Holland did an awesome job doing it too. But going back to Vince, the way Matt Holland writes that character, and he's only in it briefly, and he's not very in the story very long. You feel for the guy. You're like, well, fuck, I completely understand why he's doing what he's doing. Well, he's even, not being a dick about it. And even Dominic's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, like well, even, Dominic, he he feels... He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Through the whole book, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He, even when he snaps the lady's leg and half, oh, yeah. he feels horrible about it, rightfully so. But like that's that was his thing. Even in war, he didn't want to kill humans. He'd rather take a bullet than have to kill a human. He had an enemy. Charlie, who comes in... The, he shows up in the desert, too. They're like desert patrol... He shows up with Vince, and he's like a big dick, and you obviously hate that guy. So there's a good character contrast between Vince and Charlie, who both technically should be the bad guy in the situation, just from the reader's perspective. But you obviously hate Charlie, and Vince, you don't. And I won't give anything away, but this fucking gross guy comes, right? (laughs) I love this character. Uh, What was his name? Uh, Did it say his name? I don't think so. I, was he in Niamis? Niamis was one of the they're, cities, they're, and they were like really, they're almost what? translucently white. Yeah. And well, I'm going to say, it was the city was that the race of people. Both? Maybe. They were called the Niamis. I think that was the city, too. Oh, okay. But this guy, 
he was dressed really funky, had a crazy like gold sword and had like feet hands. You could yeah, you couldn't hear him come feet. in. He could pick shit up with his feet like it was his hands. Uh the introduct I wish I would have wrote uh got a note on this. The introduction of this character is fantastic because he just shows up in the fucking desert. You're like, what the hell? And already a bunch of shit just went down between Dominic, Vince, and Charlie. And this fucking character comes in. He's like grotesque. He's scary. He's like seven foot tall, super skinny, and he's a cannibal. Yeah. But he, like, I won't give anything away, but one of the characters, not one of the three that I just mentioned that are involved in the scenario, die and... The guys won't eat it because it's not fresh enough, even though it just died. He wants to eat it alive or, like, almost alive. Prefers it alive. Yeah. Or fresher. Prefers it fresher. It it was fucking wonderful. Which was cool, too, because he described, like, the vultures going overhead waiting for, like, somebody to die so they can go and eat them. And then this fucking thing comes in. And that's all I could describe it is, like, I don't even know if it's a guy. It's a fucking thing. Like, it's creepy. I'd assume that it was some kind of magical. I think he had magic there because there's. Again, there's a lot of people here with magic abilities and different things, and like the psychics are almost an extinct race, as far yeah. as I could, uh, I gathered, and because there's not many of them, because people, I guess, killed them, because you know, who the fuck wants psychics reading your well, mind? Well, and then I, I was wondering, like, how did they become? But did the magic make people psychic? Like, didn't I, explain. That's it. Didn't explain like the magic properties, um, like the people might have. It didn't really explain how they got them. There's just a lot of things. But again, probably have to read yeah. the book too. Hopefully. Three. So I'll have to check that out. Here's just a random throwaway line I really enjoyed. I think this was... Uh, I forget who this was describing. There were supermodels out there that tell this chick to eat a cheeseburger. It was like a chick that was so skinny. Oh, oh um, uh, wasn't she in the, the biker gang that they found that they gave water to? Yeah, maybe. I forgot about the biker gang. Yeah, one of the chicks, though, she was so skinny. <laughs> she has a supermodel to throw a cheeseburger to her. Um, I read the non-porn one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could read it again. It'd been like the fifth time, but... <laughs> That's all right. I will say this. Matt Holland did an excellent job of writing, like, the humorous elements to the dialogue. Like, as far as Layla, because like I said, she has a quip list. So it's a list of, like, things she thinks of. Because she has, like, a stutter. I guess she was bullied when she was young. She had a stutter. Maybe it was, like, a chubby child or something. So she has insecurities, even though she's this big, hulking, badass woman now... And he does a good job of, like, bringing up the stutter at the worst moments when she's trying to be real badass and then she stutters. But she has, like, these quips she writes down that are supposed to be... Like, she uses them mainly against Nate. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. When, when you spend all your time around one person... Yeah, but, like, when... It's pretty much... Think of, like, fucking Arnold or Sylvester Stallone well, any old 80s well, movie. The one-liners they throw when they kill somebody. Well, even, like, that's what she was doing. Well, even, like, you know, I said he... It, he Nate reminds me of Cable. The it, that relationship in Deadpool and Cable. Yeah, babe, that kind of is. A, if that's you actually, think of that. Yeah, that was actually kind of. That's very applicable. It was like Cable and Deadpool, because she would be like the Deadpool character with the fucking just busting his balls yeah. the whole time, and then he'd be Nate, which is actually uh, uh, Cable's actual yeah. name is Nate. Um, but then you know he he's the. Uh, He's the, the straight man, mm-hmm. and then Ed gets the every once in a while quip like at the end yeah. that makes you go, ooh, oh, burn. I really enjoyed, too, when Layla was involved with the psychic chick in the bar, and because uh, the bar, which is a really cool desert place, it's like a bar in the desert, and the owner's like an ex, uh, I think they call them like skirmisher knights, and they're like a part of the army, and they're super badass. Well, this guy, there's no fighting in his bar. 
and you could tell it like means business because everybody in the bar has weapons and every like they're all different gangs, different, and different mercenaries, yeah. and stuff like that. So by all rights, they should want to kill each other, but they just kind of even if they recognize their enemy, they'll nod. And it's like the uh, from uh, John Wick. The what, what the fuck was the name of that place? Hotel Artemis? No, no, uh, no. The no. start with the C. Um, Continental. Oh yeah, yeah. The Continental. It's like once you come in here, don't fuck around. Can't kill anybody. You know, some shit's gonna go down yeah. if you you just you don't do it. Anyway, Layla is having this interaction with the psychic lady, and the psychic lady has a gun to her, and but it's like under a you know nobody can see this. So she ends up like the way this ends. She ends up, like, torturing the psychic lady by just, like, old dad jokes. Yeah. Like, she just starts fucking spouting off these really, really shitty jokes and, like, just get... The, I forget. Was she trying to get information off her or something? Yeah. And yeah. she ended up getting... She's like, sometimes the worst torture is just these shitty jokes. And then she was using them to distract her to be able yeah. to take... Because, like... The two psychics had like these old like like gun they seem like guns that we would use now. Shit, they're made of plastic or something. Yeah. They're real shitty. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think without giving too much away because I don't want to give away the fucking any major plot points. But this was this far exceeded what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I thought this was gonna be kind of your magic heavy fantasy type of desert store, like a like a Mad Max, Mad Mad Max with a. Like, just a fantasy twist. But it was so much better than that. It, I don't think it was that at all. I would highly recommend to all our fans, all five of you, <laughs> um, I highly recommend you folks definitely give this book a read because not only will you enjoy it, I feel like you're going to be buying two, three, if there's a four. I think he's writing a four. Um, like I said, I, was, I read the reviews on the other books just to see, kind of gauge maybe I get some more information, which I didn't. So... I think we should uh, write some reviews for no, yeah. Mr. Holland. I gave him one on Amazon, which is kind of a generic one, but I want on my Goodreads. I want to give him a better review, or maybe you could actually just write a review on DPW. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's good, a good idea. idea. Yeah, yeah we can accompany because this episode will be out on Tuesday, so Wednesday can accompany it. Yeah. I think he would appreciate that. Um, I'm sure we did a terrible job of covering this book. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we didn't come in with any notes or anything. Uh, see if I hit. Everything else. There was some stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, um, yeah, we went into alternating storytelling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Character development. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, so, Hair of the Dog, book one. You gave it a three and a half, four, star, yeah. uh, four shots. I gave it I gave it a solid four well. shots. And I, w- I honestly, just Matt Holland, you're listening, I would have definitely gave this even higher rating if you hire an editor for this. I know it sucks to pay that kind of money. But that would definitely put your book over the you know that threshold, and I feel like this would be this one. I think this book would make for like a TV show would be awesome based on this, or like a graphic novel. Yeah, definitely. I would. That think would be it. a good uh, avenue for it, like a good medium for it. And there's always Kickstarter. There's something you can think about. Like I'm pretty sure he, you know this was an indie published work. Um, I don't know if he shopped this around, but if he did, I feel like it would. If he just got that editor to clear up any of those typos and any of those little grammatical mistakes I think that'll put them over the edge I think this could be publishable by like a major it, company especially like if um um like how he has all these different parts if they're like if they're all around like 200 pages like we were talking about off air before like he would get them all 
like, you know, edit it properly and get them all nice and then put it all together in one collection. Yeah, Dude, people like, would love that. I would, I would buy a whole collection of it. Oh, fucking right. Like, the main thing I thought separated this from other story or other works of this type of genre was the alternating storytelling and the character development. I felt like those were two really strong elements because I felt for every... Because even, like, the psychics who were clearly kind of, like, shitty, evil people... You felt like you still felt for him, like you understood their motivations. He did a great job of establishing each character's motivation of why they're doing what they're doing, good or bad. Yeah, there was no, there was no questions or wondering like why certain people are doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, and that's one thing that indie authors that'll turn me off of their work real quick is why is this character doing this? He, there's none of that in this book. You understand everybody's motivation. You understand how they ended up where they are. Even if they're only in the story for a chapter or two, you understand like, their whole, you know, profile. But I mean, like, that's important, though, because, like, I mean, how many different, like, movies have you watched where somebody's just had, like, a couple couple lines or was in it for, like, a scene and just steal, like, the movie? Yeah, which is awesome. Well, or, have, I mean, or have this pivotal point where, like, after him, he that character changes things, or you know, will have a have a bigger role to play. Well, how many times have you seen in like a movie or read in a book where a character or a main character is doing something for no fucking reason? Like you have well, an evil character that wants to take over the world, but for what? Yeah, why? Also, before we do the shot, I just want to say I watched Into the Spider Verse yesterday. Finally, fucking awesome! So dude. fucking good, right? So good, so good. I have not met a person who's seen that movie and went. Eh. That was a phenomenal movie. It was great. I loved it. And Did, I'm not even like a huge, like, you know, cartoon version of the comic book movies, but that was great. Did you watch after the credits? Yeah. With the, you're pointing. No, yeah. You're pointing. Yeah, that was great. He just, they kept going, but quit pointing. I'm pointing. You're doing what I'm doing. And he just kept looking. And then the cop would show, like, briefly, like, wait. Because <laughs> that's the, that's one of my favorite memes yeah. all the time. I figured that'd be something that you'd enjoy. Let's get. But to- yeah, oh, uh, dude, we could do a whole other episode about Into the Spider Verse, man. Oh, uh, you have no idea. We can't. We got time. Uh, I mean, I got nothing to do. I know. I don't have anything to do till eight. <laughs> that's when I'm going to El Paso. Oh, so you getting your pre drink in then? Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't drank anything this week. I've been good. I haven't got any writing done. No, that is not true. Let me just... You know what? We'll save this to the next episode. I don't don't want to show Matt Holland's parade here and make this about already. Okay. So, we're going to do this shot and then we're going to end this episode. Wait, wait. Yeah, okay. It's shot for that. Okay, for the review. Yeah, we got to do the review shot. Oh, yeah. Now, honestly, we should probably do four shots, but I don't want to die. It's early still. I haven't ate a lot today. Yeah, I don't want to throw up. This is really strong bourbon. Oh, it was a bad idea already. This will make the uh, the DBS episode good. By the way, if anybody has not listened to the last DBS DBS episode, the Drunken Bullshit episode, I, I apologize if you do because that one went off the rails. It didn't. Even, I didn't even have a cold open for it because the whole thing was the cold open. You didn't listen to it. I just had the intro intro music and just went into the thing because there was no topic. Nice. We covered everything. All right, Matt Holland. Awesome book, and I'm looking forward to reading the rest. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Smooth. That shot we just did was Knob Creek, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was going to make it, but you did. I almost did. 
Um, it's smooth though. It's just you got a little bit of afterburn. Yeah. But Knob Creek, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, small batch, 100 proof. This is one of my favorite bourbons. Sponsor of the podcast, Knob Creek. Not yet. Hopefully. Pending. Couple years pending, probably. At some point, we're going to have actual sponsors. And do we have to reel, reel our, our awful talk back? Like, do we have I to stop not. being perverted? Yeah, I don't know because we can. We have enough viewers now, like uh, weekly listeners. We could have ads, but I don't know what kind of fucking ads we would have. And I feel like we're not at a high enough level where I would want. Yeah, I don't want to put ads on something that we're not... Like, I feel like when we hit a certain limit of listeners, we can have ads. But until then, I don't want to... I don't know. I don't want people to just tune in. But yeah, fuck ads. Fuck it. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I don't really do that with podcasts I listen to, I guess. But I definitely skip the ads. I don't know. But anyway, Hair of the Dog, book one. Good. Four-star review. Check it out, folks. Read and it. Read it. Read it. We'll have a review for it. Official review probably later this week. You can check that out on drunkenpenwriting.com if you want to see what we post on the internet. Check out at drunkenpenwriting on Twitter. You can check out drunkenpenwriting on Facebook. I don't have an actual... I just look up drunkenpenwriting. I don't know what the fucking actual URL for that is. You can check out Instagram where we don't have a profile at all, but there's a lot of ladies with big butts I like to look at. Or guys with big butts, whatever you're into. Doesn't bother me none. Um, We have a YouTube channel where we only post the podcast you're listening to, so you don't really have to check that out. I think we're averaging one view per video, which is my view. We actually started off on a hot note. We were getting like 30, 40 views immediately. But I stopped putting video on it because I just didn't feel like doing that. Too extra much. Work. I Too just much. put a still picture. That killed it off right quick. That's just there for anybody that doesn't use the other products. Yeah. But you can check us out on iTunes. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome because We'd I, appreciate am, it. I am struggling to find people that use iTunes. That used to be the thing. I thought iTunes, it was still the thing. It is iTunes, not. iTunes was the shit at one point. Our Most of our views come from, I think it's like Pod Addict or something, some app. And cast, oh, that's the one I use. Yeah, uh, Pod Addict, Cast, Castbox, um, Podbean, obviously, because that's where we're hosted from. Our wonderful host at Podbean. And, Thank you, Podbean. And a bunch of other random shit. But iTunes makes a like Spotify. I think might be higher than our iTunes listens. Like nobody, like Apple, Apple you suck. I got my friend. Who, you have a friend? Well, I did. Well, yeah. Is he real? No, 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 no. no but I got her friend. Um, that one I was telling you before who had trouble finding our, our the pod- tweets? Yeah, the, okay. one, the one that had trouble finding our podcast on the app. I was there the other day. I was like, all right, pull your phone out. You're getting it now, go, bitch. Go to your podcast thing. They typed it in and it popped up and she described to it. So hopefully she'll be listening to some episodes here soon and we'll be able to have some like actual feedback. I'm going to show, I'll show you the numbers after we're done with this. They're fucking pretty good. Nice. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly impressed. Also... I did want to give a shout out to Ear Read This podcast because that's a literary podcast that I started listening to. And I just really like enjoy it. I talked to the guy, Ash, who uh, does the podcast. And I just really enjoy the content and the amount of work he puts into like So was it just like go reviewing things and stuff? Well, he, he, should he, we end real quick? Should we no, like, we'll end up on him. We'll end oh, on him. Okay. He goes over... Uh, classic literature kind okay. of but he does it in a funny way i thought it was gonna be kind of dry and it's not he goes over um i think one of the most recent ones was like dickens and some other things but he's he's, a, he's another english bloke okay and he's way smarter than us 
Well, it's like everything we would want to be able to say on a podcast. He actually can say because he has vocabulary. He's not, I'm not, he's not mentally <laughs> challenged like we are. I'm not going to give you much props when you're smarter than me. That's not a great feat to like overcome. <laughs> like that's like being the ward's tallest midget. Like I don't, you <laughs> Yeah, I. Uh, oh, ward's tallest smallest person. I'm sorry. I, I've accepted my limits. Look, I, I'm learning Spanish and Japanese at the same time. I can't yeah, be yeah. too dumb, I but mean, I definitely am. Like I feel like I can I can write some shit, but when it comes to public speaking and things like that, I am not solid. We're getting there. I feel yeah. like if you listen to our beginning episodes to now, we've definitely we're, improved. I think we're yeah, I think we're doing so better. So maybe like by episode 100, we'll make some sense. Well, I think I think now as we do more, they're getting more and more just like. Or whenever we were just hanging out and we were just having conversations. See, the problem is when you start out podcasts, you want to be all professional and have notes and you go over shit. And it's too stiff and nobody likes it. Anyway, we're going to do a drunken bullshit episode since we got this bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll record that after this and you can check that out on Friday. You folks have a wonderful evening afternoon Dude, what, night, whatever what, time it is where yeah. you're from because we have a lot of australian listeners now i like that i like that too we should learn some australian lingo let's stop <laughs> rambling see you later folks bye